are Locked On Big Ten, your daily podcast on the Big Ten Conference. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Locked On Big Ten Podcast, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm your host, Ben Stevens. It is Wednesday, October 7th, and on today's episode, it's appropriate, it's the 7th, because we are at the halfway point of our 14 Big Ten schedule breakdowns. That is right. If you're doing your math, number seven is up today. We were in the Big Ten West yesterday with the Iowa Hawkeyes. We talked all about the Hawkeyes schedule for 2020 with Lucy Rodine. Today, we move back over to the Big Ten East in the team that finished fourth in the Big Ten East standings in 2019, the Indiana Hoosiers. And now I'm very pleased to welcome on to the Locked On Big Ten podcast, making his debut to talk all things Indiana football. It is Jack Grossman. He's the host of the Crimson Coverage podcast for ESPN Louisville. So Jack, my first question to you, aside from welcoming you onto this podcast, is there's a need for Crimson coverage in Louisville, Kentucky? I didn't know this. Excuse my ignorance here. (laughs) <laughs> there is there's actually you know a pretty decent IU uh, alumni base in southern Indiana and in the Louisville area obviously Louisville Kentucky dominates everything down there but it, it's definitely a niche market that I feel like you know through the podcast and through uh, doing some post-game shows for uh, football and basketball games that I try to exploit that build a little bit of a base and plus I was in Bloomington until uh, this past May so I have some bit somewhat of a base to build from there as well just you know trying to get a little bit into the IU market in Louisville, a place where I feel like IU isn't covered as much as it probably could be. Well, I'll say this right now. You are our expert analyst when it comes to Indiana football here in the Locked On Big Ten Show. I just crowned you that. You will live up to the billing. I have no doubt about it. My second question, Jack, before we get into the actual schedule breakdown, as we look ahead to the 2020 season for the Hoosiers this year, is I don't know if you know this or not, but I am the president and founder of the Michael Penix Jr. for Heisman Fan Club. Would you like to be our newest member? Oh, I, I can I be the VP? Absolutely. <laughs> that position been, is up for grabs. Yes, because I've been all in on Michael Penix since the day that he signed with Indiana football. No offense to Bay Ramsey. He's a very good quarterback. He did things for Indiana that we haven't seen done in a quarter century. But Michael Penix is the guy you need if you want to take that next step, beat a Penn State, beat an Ohio State, a Michigan. If you want to be an actual good football team, not just good for Indiana standards. You need a guy like Michael Penix to lead the way. If he can just figure out how to stay healthy, he has everything else you need. He has the cannon of an arm. He has really good wide receivers. He's really, really accurate on all the field. He does absolutely everything you would ever want from a quarterback. He just needs needs for his sake and for Indiana football sake, he needs to stay healthy because especially you don't have that Peyton Ramsey security blanket right now. Jack Tuttle is a much bigger question mark than Ramsey was a season ago. So they, if he can stay healthy, that's where Indiana can really have a special season for their program standards. In his six healthy games last year, Michael Penix Jr. had a near perfect passer rating. That's what we're continuing over for 2020. So let's dive into the schedule for IU this upcoming season. Before we get into our four schedule breakdown categories, Jack, I'm just going to quickly read off the schedule so we have everything laid out in full. It starts off in the season opener, a huge game. October 24th, the weekend of it, hosting Penn State. The next weekend, week two, on the road, October 31st at Rutgers. Then November 7th, hosting Michigan in Bloomington. November 14th, on the road at Michigan State. November 21st, at Ohio State. November 28th, in the sixth week of the season, hosting Maryland. Starting off December, on the road, December 5th, at Wisconsin. And then December 12th, the old Oaken Bucket, the old rivalry, hosting Purdue to cap off the eight-week regular season sprint. As Jack, as you hear that schedule, and as I'm sure you've been 
been talking about on the Crimson Coverage pod. How does it lay out for Indiana this year in your mind? Well, there's two things you take away immediately from that schedule. Number one, it's the Big Ten East. You're going to get Michigan, Ohio State, Penn State every single year. I know Nebraska people complain about about having to face Ohio State a lot. Well, Indiana gets that every single year, no matter what the schedule breakdown happens. And you know what? Indiana only has three total wins against Ohio State and Michigan since 1968. So it's – very much works against Indiana every single year, and it does that again this season. Then the other thing is Indiana gets Wisconsin as one of their two Big Ten West crossover games instead of Illinois. Originally, IU was supposed to have Purdue, Wisconsin, and Illinois as their three Big Ten West games, so that that hurts Indiana a little bit, or a lot of it, rather than they get (laughs) Wisconsin instead of Illinois. So they play probably the four best teams in the conference in the three Mm -hmm. contenders in the Big Ten East and plus Wisconsin, who – I would think it's the favorite of the Big Ten West, but then there are other four games. You know, Michigan State's down this year. If you're ever going to beat them, this is the year. Uh, Purdue's not great. And then Rutgers and Maryland, the bottom feeders of the Big Ten East. Indiana might not play a close game all year, which right. is very weird, <laughs> weird to say. It's like, I don't know whether to call that a balanced schedule, a fair schedule, but Indiana has four games they should win and four games that more likely than not they should lose. It's a very interesting schedule when you look at it because it pretty much goes every other week. There is a very tough test on the Hoosier schedule, and that's discounting Rutgers at Michigan State. And then you have Maryland and Purdue, your two home games as well to cap off three of the final two of the final three weeks of the season. Rather, it's an interesting breakdown for Tom Allen and company this year. Obviously, as I've said, I'm very high on the Hoosiers heading into this year. They're coming off their best season since 1993. I expect and a continued improvement for Indiana this year, although it is a tough schedule. So let's get into our four schedule breakdown categories. Just a reminder for everybody, if they don't know by now, we have the bet the house game, the game we are 100% confident IU will win, the primetime game, a game full of excitement for the Hoosiers this season, the must-win game, a game Indiana needs to win to get to their end-of-season goals, whatever that may be for the Hoosiers in 2020. And then if we have the must-win, we need the can't-lose, a trap game for IU to avoid a loss in this upcoming season. So, Jack, let's start with the bet the house game, who do you see that opponent being for IU this season? Even though it's on the road, it's going to be Rutgers. I mean, Greg Chiano's coming in first year there, and he basically doesn't have an offseason because of COVID. No one did. But for a first-year head coach, it is definitely a bigger setback than for someone like in Indiana, who, while losing Kalen DeBoer, promotes Nick Sheridan from within the program to be the offensive coordinator, brings back Kane Womack, and obviously still having Tom Allen there going into his and, – and plus Rutgers, as we know, has been a dumpster fire. There's no way to get around it. So if you can't beat Rutgers, you have other issues. If you're Indiana, you shouldn't just beat the Scarlet Knights, but you should beat them by multiple scores, especially with, you know, the tough games in between the Rutgers game before and after Indiana absolutely has to get their first one of the season against the Scarlet Knights. Yeah, it's that interesting schedule we talked about where it goes every other week. It's those games cemented in the middle against the household names you would see from the Big Ten Conference where Indiana really needs to strike to make sure they get their wins in the win column when they're favored to do so before they are probably the underdogs in those four tough games against Penn State, Michigan, at Ohio State, and at Wisconsin. I agree with you. I think it has to be Rutgers. I hate picking Rutgers for the bet the house game for like every Big Ten conference (laughs) team I do for this show. But I mean, it's just a natural fit. Originally, I looked at Maryland and I said, you know what? It could be a reset for the final two big games of the year against the Big Ten West opponents. You go on the road at Wisconsin coming after the Ohio State game is that game against the Terps, and then you finish off the year with Purdue. It could be a reset. I just think where it falls in the schedule, it probably aligns more with a trap game than it really does with a bet-the-house game where I feel 100% confident Indiana wins. I think they beat Maryland, but 100% confident? I don't know how I feel about that. And I will will say this, though, about Maryland. Um, Mm -hmm. 
since Maryland joined the Big Ten in 2014, that has been a very pivotal game year in, year out for Indiana. The years that Indiana makes bowl games, they beat Maryland. The years that Indiana goes five and seven or, or in 2014, four and eight, and they right. get close to that threshold, that Maryland game is the swing game that takes them from bowl eligibility to being on the outside looking in. And even though there's no criteria for bowl eligibility anymore because, you know, the Bulls got to make their money, but right. it's still going to be a very big game for Indiana that they'll have to win in order to at least, you know, be 500 or over 500 to have what everyone will consider to be a successful season. And I look at that Rutgers game back for the bet the house category, and it comes off the season opener against Penn state, which I'm sure we'll touch on here in just a moment. And that will be a monumental game for the Hoosiers to kind of show where they're at in terms of the big 10 East conversation. I expect that game to be competitive depending on how the result plays out. And so I still think Indiana has that confidence built off a season opener at home against the Nittany lions as they go on the road the next week at Rutgers, that they still make sure they take care of business against Rutgers. I feel hundred percent confident the Hoosiers do so in that bet the house game week number two against Rutgers so Jack one category in we're agreeing that's a good start here that's why you're our expert analyst for at Hoosiers football on this locked on Big Ten show so Jack Grossman and I on the same page for our first category the bet the house category will that continue into our second category the primetime game for IU this season you just have to wait and see and if you're thinking, man, I want to get there already, it's like going through a wall. I want to break through this wall to just listen to the second segment of the Locked On Big Ten show. If there's any kind of wall in your life, a physical wall, a mental wall, whatever you need, like you want to get a workout done after a long day of work, you want to make sure you hammer a presentation you need to get done. For me, when it comes to podcasting, making sure I put out the best Big Ten content for you guys each and every day, the best way for me to find that solution of breaking through my personal wall is to get built go. Yeah, that's right. If built sounds familiar, it's because this incredible healthy replacement for your energy drink is from the same people that brought you the best tasting protein bar on the planet. That's built bar. This is built go. So you may be asking yourself, Ben, what is built go? Built Go combines an energy gel with collagen protein. That's right. It's not just energy that you need to break through those walls. It also has protein in there. It's easy to take in one and a half ounce packages. You can put it in your briefcase when you're going to work. You can put it in your golf bag as you go to finish out your final nine holes of the day. It's the best workout gel on the market. It's like a five hour energy without the same crash feeling though. And it's natural. So it'll leave your body feeling better. It comes in three delicious flavors. Listen to these peanut butter, honey, chocolate, coconut, and chocolate mint. Built Go then kicks to keep the energy going strong. B6 vitamins, B12 vitamins, 10,000% of what you would require daily. Anything you need will get you through to provide that energy throughout the entirety of your day. So whatever you need energy for, whether it's getting ready for a Big Ten football Saturday or making sure that you're ready just for your entire workout, your entire day, whatever it is, Built Go is that solution. So visit BuiltGo.com and use promo code LOCKED. That's L-O-C-K-E-D, and you'll get 30% off your next order. Again, use promo code LOCKED for 30% off at BuiltGo.com. Let's go. So let's move to our next category, the primetime game, a game full of excitement. Indiana fans have been circling since we've had this third iteration of the schedule since late September. What is that game in your mind? You know, for the longest time, it was the Wisconsin game because that was the season opener. Uh, it was a Friday night, a lot of right. hype, but even through the second iteration, they were still going to be at that game. But I really do think that switches now with that game being all the way back in December and becomes that Penn State game, the opening weekend in Bloomington. I think that's, Indiana's best chance to be able to finally get over the hump against one of these contenders in the Big Ten East, these mm -hmm. powerhouse teams. Indiana only has one win against Penn State ever. 
in that yep. game in 2013. But Indiana has been incredibly close to getting past the Nittany Lions multiple times. It's Tom Allen took the head coaching job. I know it's only a three-year sample size, but if you include the year he was the defensive coordinator also in 2016, and he has been really close in three out of the four years. The only time they didn't, Saquon Barkley, yeah, he, he's he's decent when he's healthy. Uh, <laughs> yeah. took, took the uh, opening kickoff back for a touchdown. Penn State raced out to a 21 nothing lead, and that game was never competitive after that. But right. since 2001 – Indiana and Penn State have only played one game in Bloomington that's been decided by double digits. And that was a couple of years ago. You know, I think it was 20, 2016. Yes, it was 2016, a 45-31 game. Or mm-hmm. Indiana actually led the game late, but gave up a touchdown and then had a fumble return for a touchdown last week. A very Indiana football on brand game. But right. for IU to finally get the confidence to beat one of these top teams, I think their best shot at it really is the Penn State game, especially when Michael Parsons not looked like he's going to opt back in. Penn State, mm-hmm. not as solid-footed as I, I would argue Ohio State or even Penn has. And plus, you get them at home, even without fans. I do think there is a slight advantage to that. I really think Penn State is the one that everyone's looking for to, to say, okay, is this game, is this team actually going to be different than every other IU football team because on on the other hand of it I mean Indiana football fans you know there aren't many but yeah. <laughs> uh, but the way following Indiana football works for the general Indiana fan is normally they win a couple cupcake games they win you know a Rutgers or a Maryland and they roll in they play Ohio State or Penn State four zero everyone buys into that game but they lose that game everyone just jumps off the ship and waits for basketball season so right. I think to get the buy in from the fans even though there's not going to be fans in the game. I think I look at that Penn State game and say, okay, that's our chance to be able to make that statement and, and say that we have actually made that next step. Yeah, I don't think it could write a better script as you look to make that jump in the Big Ten East than having this game at home in your season opener all the excitement that just will be naturally built in for Big Ten football to be back. And then you have this as your marquee game to start off your season in 2020. It really couldn't set up better for this opportunity for Indiana to take that next step against a formidable opponent in Penn State. And I think one thing that will be crucial, especially week one of the season, as we've seen throughout college football, as these teams get acclimated to now playing against a opponent, This is going to be a little bit weird when you start to travel, when you leave campus for the first time. You've kind of created a bubble within your own facility. That, although there's not going to be fans in Bloomington, will be an advantage for Indiana, who gets gets to just stay home and gets to enjoy Bloomington and getting ready for that game against Penn State. You mentioned the series history. Yes, Penn State has only lost once in 23 tries against Indiana. But recently, it's been close. Last year, a tight game throughout, decided by a touchdown. Two years ago in Bloomington, like you mentioned, in 2018, Indiana led midway through that third quarter before Penn State was able to overcome and then pull away late. Indiana made it a five-point game. 33-28 was the total there, but Penn State was in control kind of most through that fourth quarter. But it has been tight, and they're used to now playing against this Penn State team where they feel like they have a shot. And I think if they ever felt better about this opportunity against the Nittany Lions, it would be this game, October 24th, the weekend of it, hosting the Nittany Lions. Just talking about it, Jack, gets me fired up right now. I've been a big Tom Allen fan since he was hired. Thinking about the promise for him this year almost brings a tear to my eye. And the fact that we have Big Ten football and it opens up with this kind of game in the Big Ten East, wow. I mean, it just really gets all the blood flowing. Oh, yeah. That, that's the one right where I saw it. I was like, man, I thought they were going to get Wisconsin to open up, but I am super excited that they do get Penn State because you don't really want Ohio State or Michigan as an Indiana fan. Just kids. No. You feel like even though you have that terrible series history that you just brought with Penn State, 
you feel like Penn State's winnable as an Indiana fan because you've been so close. And even though you've been close with Michigan, you feel like you're cursed against Michigan. Ohio right. State, you feel like you just they're just on another level talent-wise to where you need something stupid to happen to win that game more right. than likely. So Penn State, to me, I think is really the one that's going to energize a lot of people and get everyone excited. One thing that does worry me, it's, it's really the biggest worry, I think, from the Indiana side on things that IU can control. Mm-hmm. If you remember their season opening game against Ball State last season, right. Tom Allen took a very conservative approach in terms of practicing, trying to limit the amount of contact guys had, trying to keep people healthy. And while he was successful from that standpoint, only one IU defensive player didn't start that game game uh, at 100%. That was Reese Taylor, cornerback. IU missed 25 tackles in that game to Ball State for 180 yards after contact. And they were able to win that game because it's Ball State. You can get by with that against Ball State. But I worry with the shortened offseason because of COVID and plus that track record of of what happened last season to where can Tom Allen walk that tightrope to where can he get his guys ready to be able to tackle Penn State players? It sounds so simple, but yet that's something that can really doom you, especially when you're Indiana football and you're trying to get over that humongous mountain of we got to beat someone that's worth a damn. And that's one thing to where if you miss a tackle and a guy runs for 80 yards for a touchdown to where that just doubt creeps back in your mind of, oh, my God, here we go again. And maybe that's what makes the difference between pulling off a stunning upset and really catching the nation on notice saying this is a different Indiana football and having the classic IU football lead for two and a half quarters and end up losing. Yeah. Just ask Navy how it goes when you don't tackle a whole exactly. bunch of preseason yes. <laughs> and what that leads to. And you don't want to give journey Brown any space. So if you miss on Penn state's running back, he's going to take advantage. We'll have to see how that game plays out in the prime time game opening weekend hosting Penn state. So two categories down, Jack, again, we're on the same page. So let's go to our third category. Keep this congruency going. Who do you see as Indiana's must-win opponent for the 2020 football season? I'm tempted to say Penn State again because I think if Indiana goes four and four or five and four, but they lose to Penn State, Wisconsin, Ohio State, Michigan, it still might be viewed as kind of a mess season just because hmm. Indiana did exactly what they did last season, and that is beat everyone who they were supposed to beat, but not get that marquee victory. Right. However, I'm I'm gonna go Michigan State still because IU hasn't again hasn't had that success against Michigan State. They do have the most recent win of the Big Four in the Big Ten, beating the Spartans in 2016. However, I still think even with Michigan State in a rebuilding year, year that that's a year you got to be able to beat the Spartans. You should have beaten right. them in East Lansing last season. Michael Penix. That was really his coming out party in that game. He completed a Big Ten record 20 passes in a row in that game while Fillier yeah. was spectacular. Who, as, if, if I'm the VP of the Michael Penix fan club, I am the absolute president of the Lot Fillier fan club. That I love man, that. If he, if he can just be consistent, he had a couple of games down the stretch. I think a lot of that was because Penix was hurt where he wasn't his normal self, but he had three games against Michigan State, Nebraska. And I believe Northwestern where he had over 600 yards receiving. So, I mean, he's a guy that can, that, that is so fast. He's a deep threat. He's great in the bubble screen game. He runs his routes. Well, he's a guy that if really had anyone in the IU offense and say that guy could be playing on, on NFL Sundays, that's a dude that you could think that, okay, if he has a really good year, he's, he could be a fourth, fifth round draft pick, be a slot receiver for a team. I think he's absolutely spectacular, but going back to the topic of Michigan state, Indiana, really, really, really needs to beat Michigan State this year because even though it wouldn't be nearly as much as a Penn State, Ohio State, or a Michigan, that's a game to where you're still beating a name-brand program 
on the road. It'd be, it'd feel very similar to what Indiana's won at Nebraska felt like last year. Cause even though Nebraska wasn't very good, just to win a game with 90,000 people in the stadiums, that's not the guy you've done very often. So I, I, yeah. I really, I really think Michigan state is the game that Indiana absolutely needs to win for it to be a successful season. Because also, yeah. you know, even they go four and four, five and four, that's yeah. a game where you can say, okay, if you had the non-conference schedule and your three wins, that's back-to-back eight-win seasons. That doesn't happen for IU football. That's very true. That's a great point there as well. Looking to go for eight wins and back-to-back seasons since the first time since the 80s. Not going to happen this year, unfortunately, just how the schedule lays out. Oh, maybe, actually, you know what? Who knows? Yeah. Maybe they go eight-no. Or maybe they get to <laughs> Big Ten Champions Week going seven-and-one and they win that eighth game. Poetry Hour here on the Locked On Big Ten Show as we discuss the origin of the old Oaken Bucket, the rivalry game that finishes off Indiana season versus Purdue. Plus, Jack Grossman gives you his record prediction for IU football in 2020. Will it be that jump that Indiana fans are looking for? That's all coming up next. Jack, we are three for three. We are on the same wavelength here, my man, as we are breaking down Indiana's schedule because I also think the must-win is on the road at Michigan State week four of the season. A lot for the same reason that you just said. If they're not quite at the level of the Big Ten East, the three that we keep up there with a you know triple-headed monster of Ohio State, Penn State, and Michigan, they need to make sure, especially this year, they're at least separated from the bottom three of Michigan State, who's going through a rebuilding year in year zero of Mel Tucker and Maryland and Rutgers. They need to make sure that they are the most competitive team out of the bottom four of the conference. And I think a statement win on the road at Michigan State, where they haven't really fared well late, in East Lansing, that is their best chance to do so. You got to make sure you win that game. It's all about the separation and how it plays out in the Big Ten East standings. We'll have to see, obviously, if they can get their shot against one of the big three this year. But to make sure you keep your separation from the Spartans is crucial this season. And you talk about some of the offensive weapons our man Michael Penix Jr. has at his disposal this year. Watt Fillier, you look at Ty Freifogel, excuse me, Stevie Scott coming back as well. That's why I'm also very hyped up for Michael Penix Jr. this year because he has a lot offensively that he can tap into. This could be a very exciting Indiana offense. I'll say that right now. Yeah, they bring back 77% of their production from a season ago, and most of the stuff they lost was front pain Ramsey filling in for an injured Michael Penix. They did lose Nick Westbrook and Donovan Hale on the outside. That'll hurt them a little bit, but Ty Freifogel should make another big jump. He he had a really breakout sophomore season. If he can take that next step and really be that strong number two behind Watt Fillier, that'll help them a lot. Peyton Hendershot, a tight end, who's really yeah. experienced, will be a big help for them as well. And then Samson James, who filled in – very well for C.V. Scott in in uh, the bucket game last year, 50-yard rushing in that game, is a dude that chose Indiana over Ohio State. That's something that IU doesn't get often recruits over the Buckeyes. So I think Indiana can have a really nice one-two punch in the backfield. Panics, if he can stay healthy, I think is going to be really, really great. And I like Indiana's receivers. I, I think a question is, how does Nick Sheridan do calling the plays? Caitlin DeBoer was an absolute wizard at times last yeah. season. He, he had the right play drawn up at the right time almost every single time Indiana needed it. And really masked Peyton Ramsey's biggest issue being a great deep ball thrower about as well as anyone could last year. Obviously, with Penix, you have that deep ball threat back, but can Nick Sheridan not call the call the plays as well as Kalen DeBoer, who's at Fresno State now, but can he just be 70-80% of the play caller DeBoer was? I think if he's able to do that, then Indiana, other than Ohio State, as weird as this sounds, could honestly have the second-best offense in the Big Ten. 
I agree with that. I mean, the offensive production could be there, and Michael Penix Jr. gets both of his starting tackles back from last year's O-line. The consistency there, especially in this weird year that will be 2020 when we look at college football, is going to be huge for teams across the entire country, but especially the Big Ten Conference as well. So let's round out our four schedule breakdown categories with the trap game. Indiana can ill afford a loss in this season, Jack. The can't-lose game is what? It sounds weird because it's a rivalry game, so I'm not sure if I'd really call it a trap game, but for me, it's absolutely the Purdue game. Mm-hmm. Jeff Brom v. Tom Allen has been very interesting to watch over the last few seasons. Brom's 2-1 and one against Tom Allen, and I think Purdue has played Indiana really well since these head coaches, both going into their fourth year, really took their respective jobs. Indiana and Purdue both met at 5-6 in 2017 and 2018, and mm-hmm. I thought Indiana had the more talented, had the better roster both times, and Purdue was able to win both games. Games, the first one, West Lafayette had being really pretty dominant, and then the second one, Blue Jay kind of being ugly. Last season, you get that game, Purdue loses Rondell Moore. They've lost basically every able body other than David Bell. And Indiana, to their credit, has a 21-point lead in that game, but IU needed, in their best season in 26 years, needed double overtime to beat an absolutely abysmal Purdue team. Mm -hmm. Now Purdue gets Rondell Moore back, who opted back in. They get David Bell back. So they have phenomenal receivers. They are probably going to be healthy. I don't know. That's hard to to, to forecast so far in advance. If you have a crystal ball, Jack, that you know, and you can predict injury updates, let me know, okay? That will elevate your status even more. I'm looking at Michael Penix before I'm looking at Purdue, but that's right. But, You're the VP of the fan club. Yes. Never forget it. <laughs> but I do find, I do think that Purdue will pose a lot of issues for Indiana, especially with that one, two punch out wide with, with those two receivers. Will Indiana be able to score at well against the Boilermakers, Boilermakers if they can, which I think they should be able to, if their offense is as good as we think it's going to be, they should still win the game. But I think Jeff Brown will pose problems for Tom Allen in that last week of the season. I agree with you yet again. I looked at the Maryland game for my can't lose game, but I thought, you know what? They'll probably handle Maryland. It's at home, but just where it falls in the schedule between Ohio state and a road test at Wisconsin, both of those games being on the road, getting Maryland at home, they should take care of business. I don't really think that's a trap game. It can't lose game. So I looked at the Purdue game. It's a rivalry game. It's for the bucket. You got to keep the bucket. And that is my call to Indiana here because I, like you, as we've broken down this schedule and we've kind of talked about where the wins could come for Indiana and what games will most likely get a W and games where they'll have to struggle because it's a tough competition they're playing against. This game against Purdue will keep them at least at 500 and maybe allow them to be above 500 in my mind. So it's another game that you can ill afford a loss in because you don't want to go three and five this year, regardless of how tough the schedule is. That would be a very down year for Indiana and what was going to be a very promising season for Tom Allen and company in Bloomington. So in my mind, it's all about keeping the bucket and you got to make sure the old Oaken bucket stays in Bloomington. And Jack, before we get your record prediction, I've been very into my trophy games as we've been going through these schedule breakdowns. I've been doing history. I looked at the little brown jug for Minnesota and Michigan. I've been reading things about Paul Bunyan's act. So I want to read you the history of the old Oaken bucket and where it derives oh, its name. This is a poem written by the publisher and successful printer Samuel Woodworth in 1817. It's a sentimental poem about kind of Americana. And here's how the poem goes for the old Oaken bucket. How dear to this heart are the scenes of my childhood when fond recollection presents them to view. The orchard, the meadow, the deep tangled wild wood and every loved spot with my infancy knew. And even the rude bucket that hung in the well, the old oaken bucket, the iron bound bucket, the moss covered bucket, which hung in the well. That is where the old oaken bucket gets his name. 
And that, we say thank you to Wikipedia. And that builds the hype once again for the old Oaken Bucket trophy game between Indiana and Purdue. Both Jack and I agreeing there. He can't lose game for Indiana this season. It is, however, not my favorite trophy that Indiana's ever played for in a rivalry game. Do you know which one that is, Ben? What is that, Jack? Please allow me to know. It, it, it's not the old Oaken Bucket. It's not the brass platoon that Indiana-Michigan State played for. It's right. the old bourbon barrel between Ooh. Indiana and Kentucky. Wow. Yes. How many times have they played that game in football? Well, they used to play fairly regularly, but they haven't played it since 2005. I thought this this season would have actually been fun. I mean, Kentucky's been disappointing, but but I thought, yeah, two teams that are kind of on the rise that are usually abysmal in football, that'd be a fun series. You almost got it in a bowl game last season. Maybe we'll get it in a bowl game this year. But, yeah, the bourbon barrel, especially like being in Kentucky, that's a very popular name. Absolutely, Jack. I love that. Thank you for the history lesson there as we learn all of our trophies across the college football landscape. So quickly, before we get to your record prediction, we didn't really talk about the games against Michigan, against Ohio State. Obviously, it's a house of horrors at times for IU fans when they think about those two opponents. But just some of your quick thoughts about how Indiana will line up against those two opponents this season. It's a great thing. If Indiana was ever going to beat Ohio State in Ohio Stadium, it would be the year that there is no one in the stands. Yeah. However, that is not going to matter enough for Indiana to beat Ohio State. I just think they are on an absolutely different level. I do think Michigan is a lot more winnable. Indiana, it, it, it's been painful for Indiana-Michigan yeah. games. We could do 30 minutes just on Indiana-Michigan from the last decade. Mm -hmm. on how Indiana has found stupid, silly, and new, unheard ways to lose that game against Michigan. I do think last season's blowout was a bit of an aberration because, you remember, Michael Penix, Stevie Scott, and Watt Fillier were all hurt in that game. So you're missing your quarterback, your top running back, and your top wide receiver. So I I really don't think that that's a true representation of of, uh, how well Indiana can play Michigan. But at the end of the day, that, that's a game where Indiana's 1-39 since 1968 against Michigan. I am mm-hmm. not going to pick Indiana to beat Michigan until they bleep and beat Michigan. It's just I cannot take a stand and say they're going to win that game until they actually do it. It's like how I was as I'm a Cubs fan. Until the Cubs won the World Series, I was not going to pick them to win the World Series because I knew until they did it, something was going to happen that would cause them to not win the World Series. Something's going to happen because Indiana not beat Michigan, even if they're up 28 points with five minutes left. Jack, I would say you're a smart betting man from that perspective. Until you see it happen in front of your own eyes, you won't go against it. I even heard your dog in the background barking yep. when you started to bring up the game against Michigan. Nobody's a fan of that one. We don't even want to talk about it. So quickly, as we end here with Jack Grossman, again, the host of the Crimson Coverage podcast on ESPN Louisville. Notice, by the way, how we say Louisville, folks. That is the yes, correct correctly. of the I'm, town I'm in Kentucky. Able. Regardless, Jack, give me your record prediction for Tom Allen and the Hoosiers in this weird year of 2020 Big Ten football. I do think the safe prediction is four and four. However, I'm going to take a stand here. I'm going to say they get that Penn State game at the start, go five and three, maybe even six and three if they can win the unknown game at the end of the schedule that we don't know what the opponent will be. But I'm going to say Indiana is able to get that Penn State win, a statement victory to where it can be the most impressive five and three season anyone will ever speak of. I love that, Jack. That's how you go out there on a limb and you go for your boys and you say, you know what, Indiana has a shot. In this opener against Penn State, I think they do it. I don't know if I do. I think it will be a competitive game. I would say right there in the four and four, five and three, if they can nab one of the big ones against some of those opponents, we'll have to see what happens with with Wisconsin. By the time we get to that end portion of the season, as I'm sure you've heard the bad news in Madison, Jack Cohen, his foot, we're not exactly sure what that looks like as he will run the Badgers offense. We'll have to see when we get to week seven. Regardless though, Jack, 
I mean, we were on the same wavelength all day long for this Indiana football schedule breakdown. It was a pleasure having you on the podcast. Once again, Jack Grossman, the host of the Crimson Coverage Podcast for ESPN Louisville, providing everything you need to know, insight, expert analysis, like he did here for the Locked On Big Ten show for IU football this season. Jack, thanks very much for your time. Thanks for having me. Uh, Let's do it again. I loved it. So many thanks again to the new expert analyst when it comes to all things Indiana football for the Locked On Big Ten podcast. That's right. It's Jack Grossman. Give him a follow on Twitter at Jack Grossman 97. He's keeping you updated on everything you need to know. IU football heading into this tremendous year of growth, possibly for the Hoosiers in Bloomington. And if Tom Allen can keep things rolling in the right direction for Indiana football this season. So seven Big Ten schedule breakdowns are now in the books. We have the Final half of our seven programs we need to get to, and it all gets underway tomorrow as we head back over to the Big Ten West and we look at Illinois football for 2020. You might be thinking, Illinois? Yeah, that's right. They finished fourth in the Big Ten West standings from a season ago, so they are coming up next. All things Fighting Illini, all things Lovey Smith's beard. We get to the bottom of this controversy coming out of Champaign, or at least the narrative I'm starting. Regardless, we will talk Illinois football on tomorrow's episode as the Big Ten schedule breakdowns continue here on the Locked On Big Ten podcast. So until we talk tomorrow, when we're talking all things Illinois, have a splendid Wednesday.